There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is this, it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. This is Dr. Jen Cabas May of Tuned and Toned Performance. And this lovely lady over here is Angela McHouston of Music Strong. And today we have a somewhat of a special episode uh, for you. And we're going to be talking about when is it okay to shift focus, to move on, to quit, to stop what you're doing in whatever whatever field. Mm-hmm. whatever you're doing well just yeah yeah <laughs> when is it okay to leave shift focus move on like you said uh change direction change do direction something try something different yeah. um yeah and and we decided to use these descriptions to um because i think it's different for different people um how they mm-hmm. feel about it but it's it's all the same subject um, so if some of those felt good, if you're listening, some of those felt good, some of those didn't, um, those are potentially important things to note. Cause I know, um, for me, they would be, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Some words feel yeah. better than others. You yes. Know? I don't like the word yeah. quit. Right. Right. You know, sometimes it's, it's okay to, instead of thinking about <laughs> quitting and giving up, right? That's, that's like mm-hmm. one side of the spectrum. The other side of the spectrum is just changing your direction. You're still moving yeah. and you're moving forward, mm-hmm. but that forward isn't mm-hmm. another way, very yes. possibly. I'm mm-hmm. more a fan of that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got a little bit uh, to unpack here in the direction we're yeah. talking about, but this is very possibly our last episode, which mm-hmm. I think we've had a pretty darn good run. I mean, what has it been, two and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we've had a lot of different topics, a lot of different guests, um, all of them relating to, you know, survival and, and hopefully ways to thrive in the music world. And mm-hmm. hopefully this can be, hopefully this can be one of them, you know? Um, Cause I think yeah. it is something to surviving and thriving for musicians, um, whether or not you end up still identifying as a musician or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, that's, I think it's a good way to close things out too. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And so as we're coming to a close of this podcast, it's one of those things we didn't, if you go back to our very first episode, we just met. And that's the first time and only time we've actually ever met in person. But we, we just, keep trying. It, it, yeah, it, <laughs> trying and failing. One of these days is going to happen, but we just talked for hours and thought, well, maybe somebody wants to hear this. And then it just took off into this thing that neither of us planned for it to be, but it's, you know, you, you hear about other podcasters who have these, you know, they have podcasts that go on for years and years and years and years and years. And I guess in the back of our mind, you know, at least in my mind, it's like, well, this is going to go on forever. We're going to make all this money and we're going to, but you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money and it's yes. just a lot. Right. And sometimes and it's, it's, it's okay to just say, this has run its course. Mm-hmm. We feel like, and it's time for us to move on and pursue other things. And I think yeah. we, we really covered the gamut on a lot of things. Yeah, I think we did. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's, I think this will help maybe transition us into the, um, next part of this talk too but mm-hmm. you know there's there's always it's not just time and money which is a huge deal for us you know um and also in this <laughs> in this day and age with so much on the internet it is very hard to get off the ground as a podcast um very <sighs> difficult you really have to be married to it um and man that's that's a lot <laughs> if you're trying to do anything else with your life right. um but you know yeah. then there's also the um emotional edge to it 
the mental mm-hmm. edge to it, which, you know, it's not sort of, I mean, we basically, we come on here and we talk about stuff and it's great. You know, like <laughs> we get along, you wouldn't think that there would be anything like that. But at the same time, when you think about it, we are definitely talking about things that are sensitive mm-hmm. to us, to a lot of people, uh, sharing our stories, helping other people share their own. And no matter how, you know, put together in quotes, somebody else seems, especially in music, mm-hmm. um, if you really look at them or if you really know them well, there's almost always uh, stuff that's still processing, stuff that's unprocessed related to what we do. Um, and you may never really know the depth of what that is. So, um, yeah. True story. <laughs> so, so I think what we were, what we were talking about earlier um, when we were trying to figure out like, should we just keep this going or should we not, you know? Yeah. And we've, we've alluded this to this with other, with other guests actually, where we've talked about their career choices. Like I remember we were talking mm-hmm. to Brian um, about how it's okay to not just be a performer and it's okay to pursue right. this other path and it's okay to, you know, whatever. And, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's okay for me to do what I'm doing and I'm not any less of a musician just because I'm also a personal trainer and he's also, you know, owns his own company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think you ever stop being a musician. Once you're a musician, you're always a musician on the inside, just kind of like once a Marine, always a Marine, but you know, it's sometimes it's okay to shift your focus and maybe music isn't the path you want to take. And mm-hmm. I kind of also alluded to this in my, <laughs> my uh, tirade from the other day <laughs> where I called out uh, institutions of higher learning just to do better, right? Because they're not really setting us up for success. They're setting us up to take our money and give us a piece of paper that says you can play flute good or real good. I mean, like that's, that's what my two pieces of paper say. I mean, technically, did they set me up to run a business? No. Did they set me up for a career? No. They did say, well, if you want a career in teaching, you got to get one more piece of paper. And I was not willing to jump through that hoop, you know? And that's, that's mm-hmm. also something we want our audience to understand is that whatever mm-hmm. path you choose, wherever, if, you're, if you go to college or you don't go to college, if you go to college and stop at a bachelor's, that's fine. I stopped at a master's. That's fine. If you want a doctorate, that's fine. It's up to you. It shouldn't be someone else's path. Right. They choose for you. Yeah. And that's really um, something that that I know we wanted to unpack also is that feeling of like doing something because you should, because it's expected. Mm -hmm. And I know we've touched, we've touched on this before. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if we've touched on it to that, that degree, but that we were talking about this the other day and there's you know say you get into music school and you start out and it's expected that you're going to do your undergrad but there's that like well why don't you go get your master's next well why don't you go get your doctorate like that well this is the path well this is the path well this is the path and not that there's not other paths put before you but it's things like well you could audition for orchestras well you could go teach public education or well why don't you go get your undergrad in education and then you can get your masters and doctorate in performance and then you have a fallback career oh i hate that um and it it just leads to it it's not it's not leading to it's all of these are things that people end up doing because they feel like they're supposed to, mm-hmm. not because it's what they want. Um, and that is that is a recipe for disaster, especially mm-hmm. in this field. Like you think about how tenuous so many of our primary um, primary job opportunities are, right? Um, you mean with you the orchestra, like teaching, right? with the orchestras, with the teaching, with the like, or okay, well, you're going to go out and create, you know, a chamber ensemble and try to make it big that way. And there's nothing wrong with any of them, but you better love it. Mm. You better be willing to be. And I, I used to use this term metaphorically, and now I mean it literally. You better be willing to be married to that. Yeah. Like, you, you're not going to make it otherwise. Not that there aren't people who found a way to balance, but. It's almost always, yeah. How many musicians do we know who are miserable? Many, 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 many. Too many. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is something that people, 
this is such like a creative should be a joyful fulfilling thing yeah. that that we get to do because not everybody is is a musician not everybody's blessed with that kind of talent or ability mm -hmm. or whatever but I feel like so many of us get stuck and pigeonholed into that path that you should take because somebody said, well, you have to have this to blah, blah, blah. Well, who said that has to be your path anyway? You know, right. it's like, it's expected you will teach lessons. Why? Not everybody's a good teacher. Do you like teaching? I know, I know a lot of people who have a full studio who are not good teachers. They're mm -hmm. not. There's something about the perception that that's how they get their students. And I, they're not good teachers. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and they hate it too, which is like a double whammy. I'm like, why, why do you, why would you go and pay all this money to get a degree in music? If you end up hating it, why would you take on all these students? If you hate it, why, 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 why? And it's again, that like you, we, nobody goes into music to, to, become rich and famous and like, oh, this is just like a really comfortable career. <laughs> you know, you go into it because you want to be fulfilled. So when we get into that, like, well, you need to do this and you should do that. And like, oh, well, you're going to, you're going to teach. That's, that's just something you're going to do. That's not why you got into it. That's not why you got into it. You know? Yeah. For some of us, yes. But for a lot of people, no. Um, I understand it's a tool for survival in terms of making money, but do you know how many office jobs there are? Do you know how many remote jobs there are? Yeah. Like there are other ways. It doesn't have to be teaching if you hate it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could work if, if you're not the entrepreneurial type. I mean, there are music companies who are hiring. They're hiring mm -hmm. sales reps who love to travel. Mm -hmm. They're hiring mm -hmm. social media people they're hiring people mm -hmm. to work in the stock in the shop or to x y and z i mean we don't we're not talking mm -hmm. about that right like, why is that not a viable right. thing it is right well and especially if you're working the remote job the office job or especially if you're in sales floor which is exhausting like you have to be a special mm -hmm. type of person to thrive like on a sales, sales floor maybe i'm but that special type of person <laughs> You know, so you like sales, you can thrive up there. It it really grinds my gears. But I did well in the dungeon doing repair. Oh, I oh no way. No, it's uh, two different personality types. Oh no. I, I'd look at that and be like, <laughs> where does the screw go? How many are yeah. there? Did I lose it? Where did, oh no. I took my part yeah. my mom's flute. Um, we had some guy come teach us and uh from JL Smith, I think. I think it was JL Smith himself. He came to teach us how to take apart our flutes and put it back together. So I went home and tried to do that with my mom's and clean it up. It doesn't play now. <laughs> I haven't told her. Well, Oops. if my dad's listening, he's going to tell her now. And like, well, you know, she hasn't played it, but it's like, I don't, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have that ability, but in yeah. sales, I see mm -hmm. sales as something I do for people to help them yeah. get what they yeah. want, you yeah. know? And I'm just like the guide on that path. I, I yeah. think that's fun. Whereas like everybody, I understand that mentality. And that's, that's, I ended up being pretty decent at sales because that was my mentality. Like straight up telling parents like, no, 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 no. Don't waste your money on that. Please don't waste your money on that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like if you came to me and I was teaching your student and I saw that you had that, I would be very upset because somebody ripped you off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I just don't have the energy to maintain sure. that, which is okay. But that, that's what we're talking about here is like both of those jobs. Um, and certainly I, I wasn't long-term a good fit with repair. That's fine. But both of those jobs allowed flexibility enough that. That's your thing. We're editing this episode. Wait, wait, what's his name? Heimdall? Heimdall. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, both of us have two cats. So. Um, and it seems like every guest we have on has a cat. And so it like keeps coming up and they keep showing up and it's just, you know, how cats are, oh, you're yeah. on the computer. I should make noise or I should be in the camera. Uh -huh. Look at uh -huh. me. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah, no, he's, he started this thing now where he'll go and lay in his favorite spot. And if I'm not there to hold him, he'll just yell at me. He's very, very, <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> 
He does yell at you. He does. Yes. Yeah. I consider he those his quiet muse. Yeah. So back on top. Anyway. So. <laughs> um, so, but but both of those positions, both the repair position, the um, sales position, yeah. the office positions, um, those have been flexible enough for me over the years doing one or the other or multiples that I was always able to take gigs. I was always able to teach for a while. I was juggling um, adjuncting in another city, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. There are ways to do something that doesn't drive you absolutely batty and also support what you want to do. You know, you don't have to hate what you do and hate what you do or hate what you do to love what you do. Yes. And also (laughs) what you love to do can change. Yes. Don't feel like you have to be married to just because I've always loved this doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you have to do that forever. You know, like right. back in the day, people would work at a company for, you know, decades and retire and get a watch and a pension and blah, blah, blah. That is mm-hmm. not anywhere close to today. Today, people change not just jobs. Mm-hmm. They change careers like two, mm-hmm. three, four times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a musician, I want to challenge you to take a good look at why you're a musician. And if you love what you do or are you miserable or it's okay to pivot, to change, right. to explore right. something else. Maybe you have a passion for something else, or maybe you need right. a break. All right. of those are fine. Right. You're not any less of a person. Right. And, and something that I think needs to be directly stated, because I know you were saying, well, things change over time. Like, mm-hmm. okay. If you started out high school, middle school, whatever, started with your instrument and you loved it and you loved it and you loved it. And then you get to college and you get through degree one, degree two and degree three. It's not just that you have spent so many years in it. It's not just that you have aged and changed and matured. You are, you've been living in, in the music world for however long that is. When you are living in a specific world or in a specific environment, it is entirely possible to develop traumas mm. and associate them with something you love. Yeah, it absolutely. is not only possible, it's common. It's common. And I see it, I see it with many people I know. Um, I've got some of those I'm not willing to discuss yet. They're, mm-hmm. They are what they are. I was, I was avoiding calling them that for so long. Because we are taught that it's normal. And like, no, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Common. Just like injuries. They're common. They're not normal. Right. And they're not okay. And they are not okay. Nor is trauma. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we think... Oh, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. And, And there's a lot of stuff that's... It's so normal that we don't even think about it. And then there's that shame around... Well, why do I feel this way? Well, why, well, now you have emotional baggage. And sometimes it ties into your instrument. Sometimes it ties into your performance. Sometimes it ties into your teaching. Sometimes it ties into, I don't know, the color red. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You don't know until it happens what's going to get tied in. But continuing to do something that makes you unhappy just because you've always loved it. Like, well, if you're not processing the problems you've had then you're just constantly hurting yourself making yourself worse wondering why you're not succeeding because you have a hard time like it it might not be your fault or it might be that you just need to work through something and you feel like you can't because again oh well it's normal we all went through that You know, and I think you know what talked, I mean. We touched on this a little bit with the whole toxic teachers episode, mm-hmm. and we're kind of alluding to all of this without, you know, yeah. we don't want to get into too many specifics. You know, your private life no. should be your private life, but right, it's way too common, especially in our profession, to have traumatic negative experiences around mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. and then those become associated with the thing you love, which kind of tarnishes it. Or it mm-hmm. can tarnish it. Not, a, not that it mm-hmm. does for everybody. But, you know, right. like, for example, 
um, when I was in grad school, um, a colleague of mine that I actually went to undergrad with, she and I were always like head to head competing for every like spot and like, darn it, she got it. And then it was like, I got it. You know, it was one of those. We competed with each other for honor band through high school and then college, you know, whatever. And she went on to get her master's and where she got her master's just destroyed her. It really, I mean, she came to do her doctorate where I was um, at Florida State and I didn't recognize her. Like she was just beat down and broken. And I'm like, what happened to the vibrant, fun, like, person I knew that this flute player who was just on fire and sassy and like talented what happened and she would like she every time she'd talk about uh where she came from where she did her master's she'd start crying that the teacher Mm -hmm. was just so I guess abusive and nothing was ever good enough you know and there's this there's this I don't remember all the specifics but it was accepted that that was okay for that teacher mm-hmm. to be that way and to mm-hmm. harm this person's emotional well-being in the name of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, it's not. Abuse yes. is abuse is abuse. And I don't care if you're trying to prepare somebody for quote, the real world, because let's be real. <laughs> you heard my tirade the other day. Music schools do not prepare us for the friggin' real world. They just don't, right? And, and harming another person in that name is self-serving. So I'm thinking about her and going, oh my gosh, I hope she's okay now. But she had to go through some, I don't know, I was just really grateful I didn't have that, that happen, but I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, where's my friend? Where was, where's this confident, sassy, fun person, you know? And that's, I, the thing is, I'm pretty sure that person is still teaching the one that where she went to school and this is still going on and it's just accepted. And I know it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. an accepted part of the quote curriculum sometimes yeah. as well. It It's that quote, hard ass teacher. Mm. Yes. Oh, well, you don't, you don't, I've heard this more times than I care to uh, remember. Oh, well, you don't know what it's like when you get really out there, you're going to get out there and you're going to get into an ensemble and they're going to do this, that, and the other. That is almost always said by somebody who has not been, on a real gig in 20 years mm-hmm. or more. Bingo. That always drove me insane because it was always said, almost always, I, this is just like ironically, you know, how things worked. It was almost always said to me when I was sitting in, in um, when I was sitting in a rehearsal for a school group mm-hmm. at the same time, I was, you know, moonlighting in a theater or in an orchestra or other professional ensemble I was getting paid to play for. And, you know, the thing about the professional ensemble, you make a mistake in the first rehearsal, you go, that's me. And as long as the director sees you go, that's me. And you're writing down the mistake with your pencil. They don't care. Mm -hmm. You can make the mistake two, three times. After three times, yes, they get cranky. But, you know, that's on you. Like, <laughs> I mean, the session world's a little bit much. I think if you make a mistake, you can get by, but two is, but that's the session world. They're very, that's the know. session world. That's yeah. But there's, there's, so aside from that mistake issue with that, I mean, that kind of segues too into, you know, it, it might be too early to segue, but it segues too into the, um, God, there's, there is a not good enough quote, not good enough complex on every tier of music that I've seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, gigging musicians, the ones who just start right off the bat, don't go to school and just like they're playing in bars and I consider them working and gigging musicians. Mm-hmm. Every time I talk to one of them, they find out what I, oh, you're a real musician. Oh, gosh. What? What? <laughs> like you're working. No, you're you the are real making, musician. Right. Like you are making a living <laughs> doing what you set out to do, playing music. Like, Oh, but you're classically trained. You have the degree. So you're a real musician. No, oh, I've heard that no, too. No, 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 no. You know, but you can say no as many times as you want. That is what they're carrying. And you get yeah. the undergrads and it's like, oh, well, now I, I will say, I feel like the people who get their undergrad and get the orchestra job they want and they just play. Those are some of the happiest people I know. Oh, yeah. Like, straight up jealous of them. Um, <laughs> right, right. 
Um, but the ones who kind of get it in, say, uh, education, and they love education, but they always wanted to do more. But like, there's that like, well, I'm not really. Like they can they can get an orchestra gig and be like, yeah, well, I'm not really the best, you know. So and so has a master's, so they should really have that chair. Oh, and so and so has always, yeah. So and so has married? you know this degree, so they should really get that other teaching job over me. And like, n- no, no. And at half the time, I'm going. The person with a bachelor's is either the better player or the better teacher, but because they don't have that piece of paper, they've got that like, no, I should really step aside and let, you know. You get to the master's and it's like, oh, well, yeah, great. You got a grad degree, but um, yeah, you wanted to teach at our community college where we haven't been able to fill this position for 10 years. Sorry, you need a doctorate for that. Gosh. You know, and you end up feeling like, well, then what did I get the master's for? Right. Oh my gosh. Can we stop with doctorate preferred? Doctorate does not mean you are a better candidate. Do you teach well? Do you have any real world experience? Have you only ever only been in school what makes yeah. that piece of paper say that now you are the best candidate it has the best nothing part, to do with it the best part about that the sarcastically best part about all of that <laughs> doctorate preferred because then you're going to have more experience like i need your little piss ant community college job to get the experience to be able to teach how i'm supposed to be able to teach when i have my doctorate yeah, it's That's, mm. it was it was straight up like the day that I tried to get hi- hired by retail. It took me, by the way. Uh, I was almost done with my undergrad when I finally got my first retail job. People wouldn't hire me. I finally got an interview. It was because I knew somebody who knew the manager. Finally got an interview, and the managers and very very I I loved that manager. Don't get me wrong, but we're sitting in the interview and, well, you know. I get that you've got all these grades and all these extracurriculars and you've done this, that, and the other, but like, you don't have any retail experience. And I just, I literally leaned forward and I went, how am I supposed to get retail experience if you won't hire me? Hello. And like I said, I loved this manager and she just kind of looked at me like, Oh, Oh, like, what do you want me to do? You can't get experience without experience. I've been trying for two years to get a part-time retail job and I couldn't get one because I didn't have experience. And it's the same thing (laughs) with when you get to the master's level. Well, yeah, that's the minimum qualification. How do you want me to get a job? Because you get your doctorate and then it's like, okay, well, we want to see where you've been teaching. Well, I can't teach without a doctorate. So see how this goes? It doesn't right. make any freaking sense. Right. It's it is, that in, was... literally insanity. <laughs> literally. <laughs> that was the thing that drove me craziest, too, when I was between my master's and my doctor. I'm like, I'm supposed to be able to do things now. You're saying that I'm qualified, but then you say I'm not qualified. Wow. What do I do with that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that there, there's that, that level of not good enough, which I think is still better because it, well better than what could come next because it kind of lights that like angry fire in people you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of people with quote only masters end up going out there and just like lighting their job on fire because they're just so ticked off (laughs) that's one way to do it it's awesome (laughs) you know I attempted Um, my doctorate twice and both times were abysmal failures and both times I was like why am I doing this What's my point? Also, how am I going to pay for this? Uh, when I get it, why do I want it? Just so in case I want to teach? That's dumb. I'm not doing this. So I didn't. But I mean, like, yeah. why was that the path? And I know, I know, that, look, there's nothing wrong with getting the doctorate. No, I know no. a lot of people who get doctorates and all kinds of different things, music included, they've got a reason for it. But it's where, mm-hmm. where I have the beef with the educational system where you're just expected to do this yeah. just in case. What? What? Yeah. What? That's not okay. That's it's, not okay. No. Especially with the doctorate. It costs so much of a person to get a doctorate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not talking just financials. I'm not talking about just what you see. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a process there that 
I wish somebody had told me really. Mm. And you don't get told because you're expected not to talk about it. There are reasons. There are reasons. I understand them. I do. Um, I don't think they're working the way that they're supposed to. That's my personal opinion. But there are reasons for not talking about it. But what it ends up is you get shaken pretty hard because, I mean, we all know how hard the undergrad was. Mm -hmm. A lot of people know how hard the master's was. The doctorate's a different level. Different level. Yeah. Um, You go through some stuff. You do. And when you come out of it, like there was, I keep, I keep going back to this example. There was a, a one-year temp job up in uh, Tennessee, Cookville. One year. I know, temp that's position. where I got my undergrad. For, it was covering a sabbatical, one year temporary. There were 375 applicants. Holy cow. For one year? For one year. And you had to have a doctorate. Oh my gosh. 375 doctoral clarinetists trying to apply for a one-year temp job. Wow. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, the field is really competitive and there's a lot of us out there. Because I remember being a first-year undergrad. And I remember the whole conversation of, I was told this multiple times from multiple people. If you can see yourself doing anything other than music, you should do it. You end up understanding where they're coming from. But when you're 18, 19 years old and you're just getting started, it it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you dig your heels in like, oh, that's not going to be me. That's not going to be me. And it's such a, it, the way it comes across at that age is when people start burning out around junior, senior year, they feel like failures. And it's because of that challenge, mm-hmm. you know? Um and it's the same thing when you get, to, it's, it's the same thing when you get to that level of like, you start talking about, oh, there's 375 applicants for one job. And there's always that little fire when you're, when you're starting out and you're like, well, that's okay because I can do it and I'm not going to give up. And, and that's great. You need it if you're going to make it, but we don't talk about the cost of that. We don't talk about the cost of getting through the degrees, each degree the personal cost of that. We don't talk about the cost of getting the job, having the job, keeping the job. Um, But if you're paying attention to, if you're trying to pay attention to, and if you're lucky enough to have people let you in every tier along that way, you really see the cost. You really see what it does to people. If you get to the point where you really, I'm not sure if I really want to say this, but okay. So I got my degrees in performance because I've always loved flute. The minute I discovered it, it was, I was obsessed. The minute I learned how to play, I was obsessed. I was that kid. It still has that obsession for me. I still love to play. We played concert band with the uh, army band yesterday. We just sight read for an hour and a half. It was amazing. It made my heart so happy. And the music we picked was awful. It was supposed to be good, but it was (laughs) 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 highlights from Jurassic Park. And I looked at the command at the XO and I was like, chief, pretty sure this is just the end credits, you know, where they cram everything together and like, highlights this is the middle stuff nobody heard what is this <laughs> you know, where's the Jurassic Park theme you know that kind of stuff but I was just so happy to be making music with with my fellow musicians because in the army band we do a lot of admin and we do a lot of army we don't actually get to play that much sometimes and we're like can we please we we have a lot of people who are out right we finally had enough people to have a concert band rehearsal and it was just so much fun you know when I go down to play with Sinfonia I'm just beside myself. I'm so happy to be there. I'm just like, I don't care what part I get to play. I get to play. You know, it's just, (laughs) I'm that flute nerd. No apology necessary. But when I founded Music Strong, because I'd always had a love of fitness. And I'm like, well, how do I put these? Should I put these together? Am I selling out? Oh, no, I have performance degrees. I don't have a business degree, blah, blah, blah. And that was something I really had to wrestle with. And I finally came uh, came to terms with, no. I'm not selling out. This is what I was put here to do. But even that has changed because, you know, the whole, I I got my master's and went, well, now what? Well, I guess I should be a personal trainer because at least I can make money in that because Panama City could care less about flute lessons. So I was stuck there. Well, I guess I'll be a personal trainer. Well, 
Panama City could also care less about personal training. So, you know, then I come to Nashville and it's it's a whole nother ball game. But even now I'm I'm pivoting because I'm moving away from from personal training into a new business model that I'm super excited and terrified at the same time about because I'm moving into the area of the unknown. And I don't know what I don't know. And I don't know where to find the answers, but it's like, no, this is, this is the new thing. And I can still be a musician, but it's okay. I've been, I've been a personal trainer for 12 years, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm, it's, you get to that point where it's like, I'm done. And that's hard for me to say on this, on this show here, but it's okay to transition to another point in life. You know, you have seasons and I'm way more excited about how I'm going to help so many more people in this other arena than just the one-on-one that limited that I can do with the one-on-one, you know? So it's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. And you're not a sellout and you're not any less of a person or a musician or any of that. That's just coming from, from me, you know? And thankfully, I don't think I have too much trauma surrounding it, but maybe some, (laughs) but you know, that's just on my end. Yeah. But I mean, what you're talking about too is we see this in the business world and I know we're very much against comparing ourselves to the business world for whatever reason, but unless you're working for a tiny company or unless you're just really not a good worker or one of those people who is just really happy at the ground level. And I so envy those people. Those are some (laughs) of the happiest people I know. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I really, really wish I could be like that, you know, but most people are not most people. You enter the corporate world, you're going for promotions. You don't, you don't stay entry level. You don't stay next tier up. Most people go to at least the third tier in a business, especially if it's a large one, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, you have seniority, you have experience, you, you grow and you don't need to do the small things, quote, small things. And again, not to demean them, but you don't need to do those anymore. Right. Now you have enough experience down there that if you need some sort of challenge, you can move up to the next tier and go, you know what? I can do this. I can manage multiple of these processes mm-hmm. and put them together into something new. That's considered normal. Even in a, um, like an old school trade type thing, that would be considered normal. Mm-hmm. You don't stay apprentice forever. You move up to, you know, journeyman, you move up to, right? Like, yep. But for whatever reason with music, we act like it's not that way or it can't be that way because then you're selling out or giving up or whatever it is. And you're, you're moving along your own promotional path. That's the only difference, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's very, by the way, very easy for me to talk like this right now because I am emotionally detached right now. (laughs) Like (laughs) make no mistake. If you're listening, I'm going through some stuff too. Um, yeah, it yeah. I just don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> fine. That's fine. But that comes back to, you know, this this podcast has been a season and it's been a season I've really enjoyed, you know. Yes. But it's yeah. it's okay to pivot and move in another direction, say, hey, we put out some really great stuff. This is gonna help a yeah. lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's it it lives forever. It lives beyond yeah. us. So Yes. We're not selling. It's like, we're not selling out. We're not quitting. It's right. just okay to admit yeah. when some things have run their course, whether it's your career, right. whether it's a podcast, whether it's right, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's right. certainly not a breakup. I know everybody sees like, oh, it's the final episode. Something happened. There's a bunch of drama. Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, we're just no. tired. <laughs> it's tired. Yeah. There's a lot going on for both of us. I know we've touched on like you doing your business changes. We're both concussed. I've got stuff I won't talk about. Um, stuff I will talk about too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help out here with um, putting on a Highland Games. It was supposed to be a, like a couple thousand people, including guests, so cool. strength competition. And yeah. now we're 
hoping for a minimum of 10,000 people. 10,000, Jen. You know, like oh. that's that's what we're that's where fingers crossed, you know, our that's minimum awesome. attendance is. That's that's the goal. How you fun. know, <laughs> How freaking you fun. Know? So to go from something like where it's like, oh yeah, I can put in a little bit of input here, I can help run some things there to like, oh, you you actually need an administrator. Oh, well, I've been doing that for years. Mm -hmm. Years and years and years and years and years. You know, like I had my, yeah. my couple of retail jobs, but I've been doing mostly admin for a long time. And oh, you need somebody who can talk to the musicians. I know how to talk to them. Oh, you need somebody who can talk to the dancers and figure out their rules. I danced for 12 years and I'm a musician. Like it's not the same thing, but I know how to I know how to talk to them. I know how to translate that. Right. You know what I mean? It's not right. weird for me. It's not like coming and going, I know nothing about dance because I do this other thing way, 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 way on the other side of tasks and <laughs> not right. to figure out who need, you know, like, no, there's, there's some bridging there. Um, yeah. So like there, there's other stuff going on too. It's not like, oh, we don't want to do this anymore. Or, oh, there's drama between us. Like, nah, uh, it, <laughs> I would say that the the friendship we've built was one of the best things I've taken away from this podcast. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what helped us survive this pandemic. We started this right before stuff hit the right. fan and the world shut down. Right. <laughs> we're like, we could do a podcast episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> well, I was just going to sit alone in my house and play with a cat. Let's talk about gums. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Like that was a that was a total godsend. So yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe at one point we'll do another episode here or there, but you know, it's okay to say this has run its course. We yeah. have we have had a really great run and interviewed some amazing yes. people. And hopefully we have um introduced you to some people you wouldn't have known of uh otherwise, that now you can have them as a resource. And that was that was our whole goal is really to just open up this whole space of what is fitness for musicians and what is, what does that space look like and who's in the space and who are these right. people? And, you know, right. cause this is not something that we talk about. And so yeah. we've talked about it and I think yes. we've, uh, we've talked to a, a lot of people about a lot of things. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good summary right there. <laughs> That um, was about as vague as you can get. We talked to a lot of people. But we but, did. I mean, there's so many, there's things that I learned about through our podcast. Oh, so yeah. like if you, if you listen to our podcast and didn't get any resources, you are a very knowledgeable person, you know, <laughs> and you need to go out and start doing stuff like this too. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I mean, I, I think back to, you know, like the episode with Mike and listening to the, the, the power of words. And then listening to Vinny and how he came from this to being mm -hmm. successful doing this. And he just loves his life. I mean, I just, right. the, the man just exudes yeah. amazingness, you know, and then, yeah. and then, and talking to, oh my gosh, so many good episodes that right. we just did All by ourselves. I didn't know what Tamani was. Oh no. Until we did this podcast. I'd never heard of that. And I've done my research. So for yeah. Tamani to have gotten past me is a big deal. I mean, oh, with Christine. I want to know about, that, you know, yeah. um, with Christine and, and with Corsinor, you know, all the focal dystonia work we did. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. That's been a big stuff. one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like we've really, hopefully that we've really helped out in the area of focal dystonia between Anna and uh, Mark and um, Joanna. I mean, those have been some of our highest uh, downloaded episodes are the ones about focal dystonia. So there's, if you think that you might be going through that, you are not yeah. alone. It is a hot yeah. topic. Just looking at the number of people who have watched, listened, or downloaded those episodes. Yeah. People want to know. So you're not alone. Yeah. So don't suffer in yeah. silence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Right. Right. And I mean, even though this is our, our last uh, episode, at least for a while, we might come back and do some bonus episodes, like you said, but our last formal episode, yeah. um, even though that's what this is, um, if you ever have questions, uh, anything related to health and music of any kind, I know we're both happy to talk. 
Like, even if I totally quit music tomorrow and did nothing but like, you know, Highland <laughs> games, organizing <laughs> Highland games and waving Scottish flags and stuff like that, I wouldn't care. You know, you could talk to me. <laughs> sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like, likewise, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for where my brand is going to go. And if I hadn't mentioned yeah. it, uh, music strong is now trademarked. So that was an exciting thing that finally happened. Yay, I think as of like yesterday, um, cool. yep. So music strong is now a trademark. Very excited about that. And, uh, as a brand, we're going to be moving forward in a, not a totally new direction, but more as a corporate wellness type thing to be able to help musicians where they are instead of just doing one thing. And I'm stoked. So without getting too much away, if you know any, mm, if you are this person or you know a person who is into wellness for musicians, whether it's, um, or in the wellness field, but they are passionate about helping musicians. I have a resource list and a referral list that I am compiling, but I'm also looking for people here in Nashville I know I have some people listening in Nashville. So if you're here, my gosh, please let me know. Um, I've got a hand therapist, a physical therapist, and now a uh, active release technician, technique person, active release technique artist. What do you call that? I don't know. Practitioner. I know what you're talking about, but. (laughs) Uh, ART. ART is just one of, oh, it's amazing. Um, so I've got, I've got these people all on board, but I'm looking for an acupuncturist. I'm looking for more personal trainers. I'm looking for that. So if you are one of those people or you know somebody, please have them get in contact with me ASAP and um, keep a lookout on the socials for what's going on. Yeah. I'm, super excited. <laughs> and I'm super excited for you with the Highland Games. 10,000 people. What? That's our goal. That's our goal. It's amazing. We're hoping for it. We're hoping for it. Um, we've That's got... So cool. The website isn't even live as of the day that we're recording this. The website isn't even live, and we've got almost 200 people on our mailing list. That's awesome. That's so fun. <laughs> that we haven't done so any fun. formal advertising, and I'm like, we can actually, we can actually do pretty good on this. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Right. Um, so I think that wraps us up for today, um, and for our lovely little podcast here. Um, if you've been listening from day one, or if you joined us today and decided you wanted to go back or just listening to this as a one-off, thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Um, as always, you can always find Angela at Music Strong, Music Strong Fitness. Um, Music Strong Fitness is your Instagram, right? That's Instagram, yeah. Yeah, uh, Music Strong on Facebook. Um, keep an eye out on those things for uh updates in her new business uh you can find me uh my business instagram is at tuned and toned performance that's tuned with a d and toned with a d uh you're gonna have better luck getting me though these days on doc beefcake <laughs> that is my personal handle I so love that. um I love it. I'm not giving it up. Um Hilarious. so no shame here. So <laughs> if you ever want to talk to me, reach out to me there. Um my website is still live. I think I'll leave it up for the time being, but we're both happy to talk to you. Um, please keep sharing. If you liked any of the information we had on any, any episode, please keep sharing. Um, please do. This is, this is a series that should be able to help musicians for at least the next decade or so, you know, like possibly beyond that. It depends on what steps are taken, but if the information doesn't get out there, it's not going to help anyone. So exactly. Yeah. And I've, I have thought about, <laughs> I'm going to put this out there. I'd like your thoughts and I'm not in any way committing to anything. I've, I have thought about doing my own music strong podcast. I've had people tell mm-hmm. me I mm-hmm. should, uh, but then doing this, I've really enjoyed having a co-host and someone yeah. that, you know, it, it's, it's been so nice not to just hear myself talk, you know, and have it. Yeah. All, it's a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like I, I might continue this on some other platform under the Music Strong title, but if that's something that you think would be, would, would interest you, drop that in the comments and let it, let us know. So it, it wouldn't be yeah. for a while, but I, I'm yeah. thinking about it, but I, I need a break too. I'm tired. So yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for joining us on this journey, whether you just started today and you can go back through all what, 70 some odd episodes we're I mean, yeah, getting up there. <laughs> yeah, almost 100. I don't remember how many it is at this point. But if you're watching this on YouTube, please go check us out on our audio platforms. If you're listening on audio platforms, please go check out our YouTube channel. 
uh, YouTube channels, that really helps us reach more musicians. Even though this is done, the more you Mm -hmm. watch on YouTube, the more YouTube shows it to other people Mm -hmm. that are in this demographic. And this is how we keep the mission going even after the series has ended. So please do us a favor, go to our YouTube channel if you're on audio platforms, that'll be in the show notes and subscribe to it, listen to it, watch it. Mm -hmm. Heck, we don't care if you play it in the background. If it's something that, you know, you're just listening, you know, you're listening on headphones, you're playing in the background, you're not even watching it. I know that's how people do, but that really helps us (laughs) continue to continue to reach reach musicians who need to hear this kind of information. And thank you for joining us. We've really enjoyed having you in our space and allowing us into your space. So (laughs) signing off. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, musicians. Did you know that up to 90% of musicians will experience playing related pain or injury over the course of their career? How many hushed conversations have you heard about a lingering, quote, shoulder pain or a weird tingling in your fingers? or maybe low back pain, or a crampy weakness, or maybe you or your colleague just says, I just have to get through the gig, and you watch them pop Advil like candy, maybe flush it down with whiskey. How many times have we seen something like this? So many, right? Well, it's time we start talking about our struggles, our pain, our frustrations in a private space where we don't just complain and mobilize and blindly stretch, but we learn how to strengthen our muscles, our career successes, and build each other up. I've got a brand new program that combines all of these things, and I want you to be a part of it. It's a community, not a workout. It's a community with group coaching and great content that in 12 weeks will have you understanding more about your body, what you need, and how you work so you can avoid that career-threatening injury. The three things that musicians don't want. We don't want to be injured. We don't want to have a lack of stamina. And... We don't want to be clueless, a.k.a. when you hurt, who do you go see? Just a quote doctor? Well, this program addresses all of those things. You're going to walk away with an immense knowledge of who to see. You're going to be empowered because you're going to know what to do should you ever get injured or should you have a colleague that gets injured. You will be able to actually offer appropriate advice. You're also going to learn about the body and the anatomy as it relates to playing your instrument and your own anatomy. And then you're going to learn how to build not just your strength and endurance, but you're going to learn how to design your own corrective exercise program. So I hope you will join me in this new program. It's called the Music Strong Pilot Program, Job Security for Musicians.